Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for tuning in and checking out my new podcast show, Akata Girl Chronicles. Um, This is episode one, and I am just so excited to share with you all what I know will be one of many. Um, My name is Lita, Lori, or Lauren, depending on how you know me or what social media platforms you follow me on. And uh, I just really developed this show because I just wanted a space and a platform to speak on the stuff I like talking about um, and, you know, sharing with my followers uh, what we know to be true or what we know not to be true and just really getting into that. So I'm just going to dive right on in and say, what is an akata? Um, Akata is a term, uh, a Nigerian term uh, derived from the Yoruba language that is used by other West Africans to describe African-Americans. I have a African father, more specifically a Nigerian father, and an American mother, more specifically a New Yorker. (laughs) And I often find myself not fully accepted or even connected to either setting or culture. And it kind of always leaves me in this limbo. Um, The term is also used in a derogatory way to describe a person who was unruly, wild, and essentially doesn't fit a social standard of a typical African culture or has questionable loose morals or values. So you may be wondering, why would I adopt a name that can be perceived so negatively? Um, Well, that's kind of the point of my show which is embracing what makes us different, because that's essentially what it is. A lot of people who go around trying to call other people a concept and pointing fingers and all that stuff are often hypocritical. And that's just what I've noticed in my own experience. So I really just want to take that time to embrace what makes us different from what culture demands of us, whether what culture you come from, you know, what that means uh, for you can be different um, and embracing how we define our ourselves and creating space for the imperfection of it all. You know, um, I'm just reclaiming what has normally been used as a negative against me to create candid and uncensored and honest conversation about a host of topics from my own unique perspective um, and hopefully the perspective of some guests that I hope have joined me along the way. Um, We are going to discuss current politics, Black and African history, Black literature, social topics, and whatever else piques my interest or the interest of you, the listeners. Um, The last piece I want to make sure that we uh, really take home from the show is that uh, I am unapologetically Black. I celebrate all things Black and in its all its intersections and how we show up because we show up in so many different ways. Um, I have had 28 years of navigating both African and African-American spaces. And um, I've just come to the understanding that these identities um, don't always have to be at war with each other. So this show is really dedicated to all of those lessons that have gotten me through um, experience and conversations that I've had along the way with my friends friends, family, and my tribe all together that really have helped me develop this show. Um, So please feel free to drop me any questions, um, topics, or uh, uh, feedback, especially um, at my Gmail, acostagirl18 at gmail.com. That's A-K-A-T-A 
grl18 um, at gmail.com, okay? And I can answer any questions or address any concerns, topics, or feedback on the next episode. And also, please do not forget to subscribe to this Anchor channel and keep up to date with these episodes. I want to be trying to give it to you guys at least once a week. Um, So yeah, just, you know, keep track and keep up and go ahead and subscribe. Okay, so with the intro out the way, I want to segue into the first portion of the show. Every episode, I will be featuring a Black-owned business or organization that I feel exemplifies Black excellence and uh, the work that we do for the community. Um, So for the first episode, I would love to feature Coloring Pins. I don't know if you heard, this this company is everywhere on the shade room, just dropping that fire every time. Um, And I've personally uh, been following following the owner for some time now, Essence Hayes, on social media. Um, She is a dope uh, person, personality, who is really about that business, Um, a a Black female entrepreneur that I really enjoy following. She always giving tidbits and just, you know, keeping it real with other female entrepreneurs. So I definitely appreciate her space and her platform. Um, And she has just been an inspiration with growing her business. Um, Coloring pins is a fresh and fun way that we get to express our culture with funky and creative pins and patches and keychains. So shout out to her. Um, And to check out more of her work, please visit visit coloringpins.com. That's coloringpins.com. Okay, so oh, um, this portion of the show, I'll just call it um, for now the meat and potatoes that me. <laughs> and so this is just really going to be um, whatever topic, you know, I feel moved to address or that I get from our listeners. Um, and this is just really where we are going to cultivate the conversation. Um, so for my inaugural episode, I want to touch on one of my favorite subjects, the queen. Okay. Yes. The queen, y'all, Beyonce Giselle knows. Um, and did y'all get into her recent Vogue article? Um, if you don't know, she was recently on the coveted September issue. Um, and she had full control of the creative direction. And she also hired the first black photog to shoot the uh, scene. And the fact that we are still in 2018 having the first black anything, um, well, that's just a conversation for another episode. But nonetheless, the shoot was flawless. She looked amazing. And what I love even more about this ever-evolving artist is that she put in a personal journey from navigating being an artist, creative, a wife um, with a marriage in need of repair and restoration, um, how she's leaning on her family, and um and just how motherhood has changed her perspective and how she, you know, just navigates the world now that things have changed for her personally. Um, and, you know, I just want to give full disclaimer before I go any further into this topic. Yes, I am a Beyonce stan. I am a full-fledged member of the Bay Hive, and I am certified in all things Beyonce since 1999 writings on the wall. So I just want to uh, uh, disclose that information up front right now, okay? (laughs) Um, So... Unless you've been hiding under a rock, you may have noticed that Beyonce over the past two to three years has become what we call quote unquote 
woke. Um, there has been come, there's some fanfare around that, whether it's genuine or just a, a, a ploy to sell tickets, um, which is a fair assessment. You know, her and her husband are both hypercapitalists, but, you know, there's not an entertainer out there or anyone out there really who is on this platform, that kind of platform that doesn't do it um, and expect money and expect money out uh, of it. So whatever the case may be, um, her latest work, Lemonade, I mean, there really isn't a black woman that I know um, that can really deny the power and tragedy and truth that resonated so clearly in Lemonade. And there's a reason why I'm mentioning that now, but I'll get into that shortly. Um, but just going back to the Vogue article, um, there has been controversy surrounding the topic of her ancestry. And in the article itself, she is quoted as saying, I found out that the white slave owner fell in love and married his slave. And um, she's referring to her mother, mother's Creole heritage. Um, and I'm assuming that this is where uh, her mother's lineage uh, started, right? And so this... One particular line uh, really sent my social media uh, stratosphere into a frenzy. I mean, timelines full of calling for boycotts and cancellations of uh, Beyonce um, and accusations of her romanticizing this kind of relationship. Um, but as I read the article, um, it really painted a different picture for me. Because um, I didn't pick up that she said that the enslaved woman fell in love with her owner. She said that the owner falls with her. So it, it still is showing that this is an unequal relationship, right? And then she goes on to describe this as coming from a lineage of men who abused their power and formed toxic male and female relationships. So she wasn't necessarily romanticizing their relationship. She's stating that this is a pattern of toxicity that started there. This is where this this is where it starts. Um, so she recognized that this kind of toxic, this kind of bond is toxic and that it's an abuse of power. Um, and then, you know, she also uses her own marriage and coming into motherhood as her opportunity to break that, um, especially in raising her daughters and it's more specifically raising her son differently uh, to recognize that. So you know, also, and, and also really sticks into her speaking to how Black women have to continuously navigate this trauma and abuse, even from the men that they claim, that claim to love them. Um, and, you know, I saw the line as the beginning of where she has been going with her body of work, um, and more in particular, Lemonade, um, where we have this Southern plantation goth setting um, the story itself not only being centered around the pain of infidelity that she experienced in her own marriage, but she talks about her father's pain um, that he caused her mother in that strife. And how do you navigate that relationship? Um, and uh, really in the ways of Black folks have this kind of unhealthy attachment to things and uh, how we unpack that. So for her, no, understanding and knowing where her lineage began, she then now unpacks this in, you know, really just begins to learn that this slave narrative reveals some heavy shit that a lot of us uh, are still 
we still have yet to unpack because I know a lot of us who don't know how to navigate these toxic relationships or even just toxic behaviors that we may find ourselves stuck in, whether it's the, from the food that we eat, the drugs we may take, and especially the relationships that we cultivate. Um, but that's just my take on it, right? And um, I just want to link that to a good reading that I was reminded of by a good friend of mine that really ties into this uh, line of thinking, which is called the post-traumatic slave syndrome by Dr. Joy DeGrood. Um, She has done extensive research on how the grief and trauma of our enslaved ancestors have been passed down to us in the present and how so many of us have internalized this form of PTSD. So just kudos to Beyonce for unpacking this and forming art out of her navigation of these truths. Uh, That is something that I take away from it. All right, so fun fact about me is that I love history, and particularly I love Black history, and more specifically, I love learning more about Black women in history. Um, And as a forever student and lover of our history, I often notice that Black women are missing from this narrative, and our labor is um, overshadowed by our male counterparts. Now, this is not a dig to our Black brothers at the forefront, and that's not where I'm going with this. I'm just saying the truth is that um, oftentimes Black women are relegated to the shadows of, uh, and but we have really done some amazing and incredible work within um, our community and the movement at large. So I just want to take this portion of the show to dedicate that to uh, the Black women in history, dead or alive, um, that fall in line with doing her own thing and making her own way and making history. Um, And so this segment of the show is going to be called My Black Woman Crush, akin to that Black uh, WCW. This is BWC. Okay, so our BWC of the week, our first BWC of the week um, is going to be an author that is near and dear to my heart and a primary influence in a lot of the interests that I've cultivated, whether around Black feminism and just being uh, at the forefront of that is Zora Neale Hurston. Um, Born in 1891, Mama Zora, as I like to call her, grew up to be that voice for Black women everywhere, um, telling our stories in our own unique language and penning Black women's specifically experiences so eloquently. She, um, Her most famous work is Their Eyes Are Were Watching God, and it is regarded as a classic um, as a classic in Black Southern folklore. Um, she has been an inspiration to other Black women advocates, such as um, Alice Walker, Melissa Harris Perry, and Maya Angelou. Uh, and if you don't know, I really seriously encourage you to go visit her website, ZoraNeilHurston.com, to learn more about um, this amazing woman and the impact that she has had on so many um, of our experiences in just telling our stories in full. Uh, So, yes. And before I sign off here, I want to leave you with a quote from Mama Zora that really is near and dear to my heart. Uh, I had to walk my own way 
however hard, in search of my own reality rather than climb onto the rattling wagon of wishing illusions. Again, the quote goes, I had to walk my own way, however hard, in search of my own reality rather than climb on the rattling wagon of wishful illusions. Okay, so thank you all again for listening. Please do not forget to subscribe to my anchor channel. I'm still working on how to get on another plat on other platforms, but in the meantime, please send me any questions, comments, or feedback to my Gmail at akatagirl18 at gmail.com. That's A-K-A-T-A-G-R-L-18 at gmail.com. And shoot me a DM on Instagram at akatagirl18 underscore. That's A-K-A-T-A-G-R-L-18 underscore. All right? Thanks so much again for tuning in. Peace and blessings, family.